the world leader in Internet Talk Radio. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Schwartz, the Tech Cat Show, broadcasting live from voiceamerica.com, and we are still at the fabulous NAB Show 2016 at the Advanced Advertising Theater, and we are about to kick off a fabulous panel all about Snapchat, the Snapchat story, and how to reach your audience on one of the hottest new platforms. So before I introduce our next moderator, just for our listening audience, how many folks here use Snapchat? Let's hear it. Let me hear it. Verbal. That's right. It's it's radio, folks. So let's have some audio. <laughs> All right. I'm going to introduce the fabulous Saba, who's going to moderate this great panel. And we have um, pretty famous Snapchatters on this panel right now. So it's it's kind of cool that I'm hanging out next to you. Do I get cool just by being near you? You are cool in general. You are now okay, cool. All right, all right, thank you. All right, and um, Saba is a wonderful resource. She's teaching courses on how to use Snapchat for business, so um, definitely talk to her about that. And let's take it over. Let's do that Snapchat thing. Awesome. Hey, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. My name is Saba. I am the founder of Icestream Social. I am a marketing strategist, and I teach Snapchat for business. I've been on Snapchat since 2011. Who here was on Snapchat in 2011? Yes. Put your hand up high. Be proud. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. okay. No stigma. I deleted my first account because my score was so high in 2012 so that uh, people wouldn't judge me like my friends wouldn't. But now my score is at 35,000 when it could have been a lot higher. So always stick with it. Be consistent. I'm really excited to be moderating this panel. We have great panelists with you. I'm going to have them introduce themselves because I want to make sure that they get everything they want in there. We're going to start with Harris. He is Skyping in with us from New York City. Harris, why don't you start us off? So, my name is Harris Markowitz. Um, my account name is Markowitz Age on Snapchat. Um, my background, I used to work at Twitter in influencer marketing. I did account management. So, ironically, I was pairing the brands with the influencers. I saw the arbitrage firsthand, um, noticed that there were a lot of inefficiencies in the whole process in influencer marketing, and I saw that there was a lot of uh, potential and low hanging fruit in content creation. So, um, just by creating good stories and focusing on just creating compelling content on Snapchat. My uh, following grew on Snapchat last year. Um, I had an opportunity to create content for Coca-Cola while at Twitter. Um, I kind of leveraged that to leave and start the first, and I think only Snapchat production company called A Serial Production. So for the last six or seven months, I've been developing that. I brought on two filmmakers and we're just, we just closed on an actual studio. So um, we're working on building out the infrastructure and excited to be here or on the screen. So, thank you, Sala. You forgot to mention that you were a Snapchatter of the Year finalist this year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, that was pretty awesome. Um, so, I got nominated for Snapchat of the Year with DJ Khaled and Kylie Jenner. Unfortunately, well, first of all, DJ Khaled hasn't been snapping for a year, so, eh, but it's okay. Um, that was awesome. The Shorty Awards are great. Awesome. Thanks for being with us, Harris. Sean. Cool. So my name is Sean Ayala, Sean Ayala on Snapchat. I'm an award-winning, not in the Shorty Awards, but an award-winning in another category for Snapchat Storyteller of the Year. I am a storyteller slash artist slash content creator. Um, so that's me in a nutshell. Let's hear it, Danny. Uh, what's up, everyone? Uh, my name is Danny Berg. I'm a semi-professional surfer and a Snapchat entertainer. My Snapchat's follow my super high like I have a lot of energy and I'm super high on life and I just put all those good vibes in the snapchat and I do a lot of man on the street interviews with uh, this like professional microphone and uh, yeah that's me and I have catchphrases like uh, we're here we're live we're at the panel right now look at this audience like you and I just like I'm all about just making people laugh and smile and just make a really good story and I actually was nominated for snapchat of the year as well but I didn't make the final round Harris did, my best friend over there. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's Danny Burke for you. And it's Danny Burke on Snapchat, D-A-N-N-Y-B-E-R-K. Awesome, thanks so much. So we're gonna start out by kind of talking a little bit more higher level about Snapchat and how it compares to other social media platforms because I'm assuming that maybe some of you are familiar with Snapchat, maybe you guys are just learning about it now. So we're gonna go through and I just wanna ask each of our panelists here uh, how Snapchat is different than any other social network and really why you guys decided to go all in on Snapchat versus for example, Facebook, Instagram or Vine. Cool, so I'll start quickly then. 
um, so I look at it at two, two, two angles, right? From the um, user perspective, what's cool with Snapchat is that I'm not Im bombarded with ads, right? So I have the choice to pick, say that again? Not yet. True, not yet. Um, but I have the ability to choose who I want to see, right? So from a user perspective, I think that's incredible. Now from the content creator perspective, right? That's where we are challenged, which I believe Snapchat forces brands, marketers, individuals to really create some unique and dynamic content that is native to the platform. What that also do, sorry, is allow you to create content that is different than Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You're not allowed, and I'm saying this, you're not allowed to repurpose your Facebook, Twitter, Instagram content on Snapchat, right? So I think that's really one of the main big differences that it forces us to create some really compelling stories that you cannot do on any other platform. And then probably the last piece of it that I think is really important is that Snapchat informs your audience when you actually look at a message, right? That you've acknowledged that you've opened up their Snap. And you can't do that in Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And when they do see that you are opening up their snaps in a message, that gives them this whole experience of, wow, Sean actually opened up my snap and read what I had to say. Let's, so let's define exactly what you're talking about in terms of a view, right? So yes. most people are used to impressions. So on Facebook, they'll tell you maybe how much reach you received if you're a brand page, right? On Instagram, if you put up a video, they'll tell you who, who viewed it, which is a very new feature, right? On Twitter, you get impressions. But on Snapchat, there's no vanity metrics. Exactly. There's no followers. You don't know how many people follow you. It's really exactly. about the eyeballs. And they literally put an eye because they're saying, here's who looked. And if they didn't look, they don't matter, right? Exactly. Yeah, Harris, what are your thoughts on Snapchat and how it's different? What was the, what's the question? How is Snapchat different than other social media networks to you and why have you decided to go all in there? Um, well, for me at least, or in general, um, I see it more as like, I'm, hopefully I don't repeat anything you just said, Sean, but um, for me it's just like a blank canvas. There's no rules like DJ Khaled, all these other influencers, they were never told how to do this. Um, we just focus on telling good stories and creating cool content. For me, um, I just look at what people are doing and try to go the opposite way. So um, I wasn't really good at art, so I started to do the stop motion stuff and um, that kind of started to take off. And um, I just pushed myself every single day to just create stuff that me and my friends liked. And um, it's just so crazy how people from all around the world start to gravitate towards my account. And um, just the fact that there's, um, it's ephemeral, there's that sense of urgency, so um, there's a lot less um, kind of thought process that goes into it sometimes, depends on what you're creating. Tell us a little bit about the stop motion that you create because you're taking advantage of one feature that a lot of people don't take advantage of. So with stop motion, um, I take a bunch of one second photos um, and move stuff literally bit by bit. I walk over to the camera, press post, and go over and, and move stuff again. There have been times where it's taken me three hours to create something, also eight hours one time. Uh, actually, Danny came the next day. It was the weekend of the Shorty Awards. Um, but it's just such a different kind of platform. With Instagram, it's so linear. With Facebook, like it's just all over the place. Here, it's like there's so many different ways you can go about it. And uh, yeah, it's um, it's enjoyable to create stuff. There. Yeah, I think what's cool because for those who don't know about Snapchat, right? You can stitch images and videos together, right, to tell this 24-hour. It doesn't have to go to 24 hours, but this story, right? And what's unique about Snapchat is that it allows you to create content that is engaging. So Facebook, you can't really tap on the screen on your mobile device. Snapchat allows you to tap on a screen to move to the next uh, image or video in this story. We use it in a way where we create stories that you have to tap to get the, the audience member engaged to get through that image. So in his case, he's creating stop motion where you tap, 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 tap to see this ball move across the screen. I would use it in a way where I draw uh, walking walkers from The Walking Dead coming after me and you need to tap them to save my life because if you don't, they're gonna get me. So this this engaging feature that you can't get on any other platform. The cool thing is about Snapchat is that there's people that are like Instagram famous for posting really cool photos, but Snapchat, 
and you're trying to make it as a career, you get to show your real personality. And that's what my vibe is all about, my personality. That's the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing. And it's just so cool that I could just put my whole personality all into Snapchat and just make a story out of it. It's not like YouTube where you're like making a YouTube video, editing it up, making it look super good. I mean, I just did an intro over there on my mic, did like a little behind the scenes here. I'm making like a full story out of it. That's, that's, that's Snapchat for you. It's so cool. And, and just, the, oh, go ahead. Yeah, one other thing I think is crazy that after I do a story, it takes me hours to do. I'll ask my followers, hey guys, can you give me feedback? And they'll say, oh, it's great, or oh, you could have done this differently. And the fact that like I actually respond to them, they're like, oh my god, I can't believe you responded. And on Twitter, you kind of like feel obligated to respond. You know, people are watching. It's in this public space. On Snapchat, um, people really care and really appreciate when you write back to them. And um, it's just also so unique that Snapchat's created like an arena where people actually feel comfortable. Um, they'll share funny faces. They'll do whatever and, and not have not feel that like oh. If, are people gonna like this? Are they gonna comment mean things? And there's less um, like mental barriers when you're creating content. Well, 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 the cool thing is, if say I'm doing, I was doing a story at Dog Beach like maybe a couple months ago, saying how dogs can potentially look like their owners. So I was like taking, doing photos of people's dogs, and I was telling my followers, I was like, hey, you guys send me a snap of a photo with your dog, and I'll be posting my favorites to my story. So basically, like I ha I have two phones, and so I screenshotted it put it on my other phone, then recorded it on Snapchat on my regular phone and put music on it. I put like who let the dogs out and like, like went like that and kept scrolling so people would see them on, the, on my story and people love that. It's just really cool on Snapchat you can do that. And why do you, sorry, I was gonna say, why do you guys think that people are more engaged on Snapchat even though it's more in a vacuum, right? So people are not seeing that you're engaging with that person whereas on Facebook you see those comments, you see those likes, on Instagram, same thing. Why do you think the engagement is so high when there's not as much visibility to the masses? Because uh, it's a super fun app. <laughs> Literally, everyone's on it. Like, I was at a concert, I don't know, like maybe a month ago or something, and you see everyone on their phone, and like, because I'm a Snapchat, I'm like looking what app they're using, and they're all using, it's, they're all using Snapchat. It's pretty great. It's like, it's a younger demographic uh, app, but like, I'm tr it's, we're trying to get like, older generation on it because that it, it would, it's good for brands as well so here's the thing i think also a part of it has to do with the fact that like when you're on instagram you go on you're swiping you're passing over stuff you'll double tap whatever but on snapchat it's like i'll see danny burke's name and i'll make the conscious decision okay i'm gonna tap and watch and you're sitting there and watching it um i actually made a snappy called the snappy where we walked around new york city asking people why they love snapchat and people were saying um, the fact that it disappears, the entire user experience is unlike anything we've seen before and um, it's designed in a way that you have the choice to, like people choose whether or not to see something. It's not like intrusive content where like you're scrolling down, you see an ad, it's in your face or a Facebook dark post. It's like, okay, if uh, let's say Sean's at the bottom, I'll keep going or I see Saba, I'll keep going, oh, I'll go back. And I know that whatever's there is gonna disappear in 24 hours. So that kind of sense of urgency makes me want to like really tune in and make sure I'm paying attention or else I'm never gonna see it. And then you can save your whole story too. So then you can save your whole story, put it on YouTube. So if people are like, oh, I missed that story. Oh yeah, just check out like Danny Burke on YouTube. They'll search it and then see like my, my best Snapchat videos. Yeah, so I, think, I think what's really important there too is that one-on-one -on -one connection. It's you and the person on the other screen. Like it's not, there's no other noise disrupting you from seeing someone else and someone else's content, right? Like it's that conscious decision of one-on-one -on -one interaction that makes that really special. Yeah, I think that's a good point. In terms of creating content, when you guys are storytelling, what are the good elements of storytelling? Because obviously the social space has become so robust, right? Everyone is talking about having a brand story, humanizing your brand, being authentic. Why do you guys think that Snapchat allows you to storytell in a way that's different and almost a little bit easier than other social media platforms? So I think for, for me personally, right, micro content works the best. Micro stories, really a beginning, middle, and end. There's a lot of people or brands that go on this platform and think they just gotta document things, but it's really about telling a concise story from beginning, middle, and using the native tools like the doodle feature, because I draw in all my snaps, using the emojis, the text tool. So I think when you think about st stitching a story together, there's some elements I always think about. I think about, does it add value? Is it entertaining? Does it have interaction in it? Does it um, have something that's engaging? And the last piece of it is audience participation. I think 
no story is complete unless you have audience participation asking, asking them their thoughts and including them in your story. So for me, that is um, a, a good way of storytelling on the platform. Harris, what about you? For, yeah, so for me, I think that like, it's so important. Every single snap counts, like especially the first snap, everything that I do, I try to make people say at the end, wow, like what are, how can I wow people? How can I make people believe like that I uploaded this or like I edited this? Um, I think the fact that everything's created inside the app just makes whatever you're seeing so special. So let's say I see Saba's like on an airplane about to jump out and skydive. I know that that, that happened in the last 24 hours and it's not something that somebody's reposting or re-editing or chopping up. So um, the content's really authentic and that's unlike anything that we see on other platforms. Um, in terms of like good storytelling, um, as long as you can get somebody from point A to point B and have them wanting more, um, I, yes, a beginning, middle, and end, of course, but also you could have a linear story or like a static story that still um, is engaging and gets people um, really excited. I'm all about really, really good intros. You gotta do a really good intro just to get the people psyched so they're not gonna wanna be like on the next story, just be like tap, tap, tap. So if you do a really good intro, then people are like, wow, I can't wait for the next snap. Then you kind of just like go from there, just make like a theme out of it. So like I was at the Lakers game, I was lucky to see Kobe Bryant one more time before he retired. And my theme was um, the ways the, well, it was the, sorry, I'm just like blanking out on my, on my <laughs> it's the people you're gonna see at a Lakers game. And I was like imitating people you're gonna see at a Lakers game. And that was my theme. And um, for Snapchat, you can't say how many seconds the story is anymore. So you can kind of guess but I like to keep stories under 200 seconds because anything over 200 seconds, people are probably just gonna do the tap. It just gets boring and I don't know, I'm all about just making a theme, making it short and sweet and having a really good ending bit, just like, and then end it with like a, like a surfer like, you, just get the people like psyched, you know? One thing about the, uh, the first snap that he just mentioned, recently Snapchat added chat 2.0, which is enhanced communication features as well as autoplay stories. So. Previously, it was you had to tap on each individual for you to see their story. Now, if the, uh, your feed is getting aggregated with all the people you follow, if I, for example, press Sean and Danny was right under that, once his story is over, it's gonna autoplay his, right? So I either have to opt out by swiping down or I have to watch that first snap. And that first snap is your first impression, right? And so you wanna make sure that that is so impactful that they are gonna tune in and continue watching. And so these are little things that Snapchat, Snapchat is doing that's increasing a lot of people's views, but also you'll be able to see the difference between the first snap and the second snap of where the retention is going, right? Because yeah. you can see those numbers very, very clearly. Yeah, the views are going up for sure from that new update just because goes from snap to snap it's like oh my yeah it gives you higher. it gives you an opportunity to be seen let's talk a little bit about um audience growing your audience i know a lot of people are probably thinking you know there's no discovery discoverability feature how do i get found how do people find me you know how do you grow your audience to actually be impactful in a world where we're talking about influencing the masses right instagram has the explore page facebook it's mostly friends twitter the algorithm is telling you but there's nothing within Snapchat that's telling you to go follow DJ Khaled or Sean Ayala or Harris or Danny or I. And so what have you guys done? What are the strategies and the tactics you guys have utilized in order to grow your audience? Um, so for me, <clears throat> most of it has just been focusing on good storytelling. Like people tell their friends, like, hey, go follow this guy. He's doing some crazy stop motion or he's making like a short film. Um, obviously there's other, there's a QR code. actually. The day that the QR code came out last year was like the day that I said, I'm gonna take this stuff seriously. And I printed them out, I made stickers, I put them, I blanketed New York City. I thought like the, I actually looked it up, the anti-graffiti task force was coming after me. I got all paranoid because I was putting stickers everywhere. But uh, now there's brands that are putting it on bus wraps, on billboards, so the QR code is so, so valuable. And it's so awesome that Snapchat made the QR code cool again. And now they have the, the live link, like snapchat.com slash ad slash markwitzh. Um, but also collaborating with other influencers and um, just trying to get out there by just putting out good content. Yeah, I think to be found, um, I always say create content on Snapchat with a zero following. Because um, you, you gotta create content there first. And then if you have a social presence anywhere else, you can leverage that social presence by downloading the content from Snapchat, posting it to Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, kind of informing people that you are on Snapchat. Because the cool thing is that content will stand out. 
right? And then you can leverage your snap code, like Harris mentioned, and your URL to place in your bio um, on your website. Um, changing your profile picture on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram to the snap code. It, those are cool ways of just getting that content or it's showing that you are on Snapchat. But I think the most important thing right now, because this snap code is being placed everywhere and anywhere, um, you have to show why it's important for them to scan that snap code. Hence the importance of creating content with a zero following and great content will get talked about. And for me, I focused on really creating great stories to begin with. Um, and that's just me tooting my own horn. I don't know if it's great. You guys can decide. Um, but I tried to create micro stories that is just talkable. One of the things that I've done that's worked really well is I've created graphics on Snapchat in landscape mode using the emojis, using the drawings, using all the functionalities that Snapchat provides to you so that when I'm posting that graphic on Twitter or on my Facebook, or for example, I'm chopping it and I'm putting it on my Instagram, people are seeing the type of art and the type of creativity they're gonna see from me on Snapchat. So it's really important, just like Sean said, to not tell, but show. Show them what you're doing on Snapchat for them to be like, wow, I need to see what else they're gonna be doing. And don't just share your snap code, right? Because your feeds are probably inundated with snap codes, right? And you don't know who to follow because they're not telling you what that content is. And I'm sure all of us get this question of, you know, who should I follow on Snapchat? My answer to them is always, what kind of content do you wanna see? Do you wanna see travel, really enthusiastic content? Do you wanna see an artist talking about, you know, a new movie that's coming out? Do you wanna see stop motion, um, you know, houses being built? What do you wanna see? What are you looking for? And no one is gonna know unless you're leveraging your other social networks to find those audiences and bring them into Snapchat. Yeah, other social media networks, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, promoted on there. I actually got really lucky how I got my following. I was living in Bali f for two months for surfing, and right when I got back from Bali, I got in an article for the top 13 snap stars you need to follow, and like getting on articles help a lot. That boosted my following up a lot, and then people started reaching out to me because I was on that article, and then I met a lot of new people and other Snapchatters, started doing collaborations with them. Then I got like brand deals, and it's like taking over brand deals accounts, you're getting all these following, and just like, I got lucky, and it's just really cool where I am today, but yeah, collaborations, articles, promoting on other social media networks. But also, hey, can you guys do me a huge favor though for my story? I was just gonna be like, oh, the panel just started, show, show everyone, and then be like, oh, look who's here, and then everyone, I just want you, everyone just be like, scream like, woo! Like, so it's all loud and it'll just look, I got like a fisheye lens, so it will look really cool. I mean, if, if you guys do that, I would be so stoked. Are you guys ready? <laughs> Alright. Don't do it, do it. So the panel just started, we got Saba, we Hello. got Sean, we got Harris on Skype, and uh, look who's here! Woo! Love it, thank you. Thank you. Oh, did I drop your phone? All right, let's, um, let's address this question. Go ahead, do you have yeah, something so else to I, say? Yeah, I had one thought okay, uh, on that last question. And it, it actually goes back to the why you go all in or why, why did we go all in. I think right now on Snapchat, for any brand, any um, marketer or any individual for that matter, um, to really stand out in the crowd if they go all in on Snapchat, right? How difficult it is right now to just to get organic reach on Facebook, right? How is it, it's so hard right now to just break through the noise on Twitter and Instagram, right? People aren't looking for people there. If, if you go all in on Snapchat right now, you're, whatever niche you're in, you can literally be the next rock star in your niche using Snapchat. So that's the only thing I wanted to say based on how do you also, grow a following in yourself. I don't know if you guys spoke about this before, but one thing though, I know we're talking about ourselves and our personal brands, and it's obviously easier for us to be like, oh, I can do this and do that. But for a brand, in terms of growing your audience, something that I saw on Twitter was that there were some brands that were relying too heavily on one-off influencer campaigns where like an influencer would come on, do a takeover, and the the audience, like Co I worked at Coca-Cola, for example, and they had some Viners come on and do some story content, like, hey guys, like, blah, blah, blah here, and like, I'm gonna do this, and the Coca-Cola audience was like, who is that? There's no relationship, there's no context there. So something that I, I recently partnered up with Zillow for the next six months, and I'm helping them develop um, certain um, evergreen content and different channels and really thinking long-term and not what, what are we gonna do today with tomorrow. Obviously, we're building out this content schedule, but um, we're thinking like, where do we wanna bring Zillow a year from now? So I think those kind of partnerships are the ones we'll, where you'll see the, the best return. 
Yeah, those are really good points. In terms of 24-hour content, so everyone is very worried because we have been trained to be used to everything getting archived, right? So our Facebook feeds are kind of a nice timeline of our lives. We have Twitter there with all the tweets that you've done, Instagram. All these things are archiving our content. And Snapchat has come in and they've said, okay, your content is going to be valid for 24 hours and it goes away. No matter if you put eight hours into creating that story or two minutes to create that story. So everyone's worried and they're saying, why should I create content if it's going away? Is it worth the attention? How can I repurpose it? And is this the right place for me to put my money, my resources, my time, and maybe hire talent to create that content? So I just want to address the question really to you guys is, why create content that's going to be expiring in 24 hours? Well, one thing I think that's really important to understand is that like what Snapchat did, so there was this term, I don't know if you guys know, um, it's called digital dualism, the fact that there was like the online world and the offline world. And I think like Nathan Jur Jurgensen, I think he works at Snapchat now, created, um, he created that term and it's basically like what Snapchat has done is they've taken the offline world and online world and combined them. So back in the day, you go on vacation, take a bunch of photos, go home, upload your content, pick which ones you like filter out the ones you don't like and then upload those and have the conversation around that content. Whereas now with Snapchat, you can live in the moment, share and communicate through the content. I think that is what sets Snapchat so far apart from the other platforms. So I don't know what your question was. So, so I think about it this way too. Um, does that Facebook post stay there forever kind of thing in your newsfeed? Does that Twitter um, post stay in that newsfeed? Like you're not going back a month to kind of check if that post is still there. I think with Snapchat, the cool thing uh, with disappearing content, that it, it, it uh, pushes the, the sense of urgency, right? Like if your story is really, really good, in that moment, you know how many people is gonna start talking about, you gotta go see this story that's on Sean Ayala's account? It is amazing. You got 24 hours to experience it because you can't experience it anywhere else on, um, on the internet, right? So that fear of missing out is real on Snapchat. And if you create content that is uh, really talkable, it's gonna- also, Danny, Sean, how many stories have you guys created that you're so thankful nobody is seeing they can't find it right now, right? So you're not defined by what you've created in the past, you're defined <laughs> by what you're doing right now. And I think from where I am now compared to where I was last year, I've grown exponentially and I would have not have enjoyed somebody being like, oh, I remember that one story you did on March 13th, like 2014. No, I want you to see what I'm doing now. And yeah. I totally agree. I, I really believe that you are as good as your last snap, right? So if your last snap is good, that dictates um, who's following you. Because I get excited when I create a story. I'm looking at my following count. I want to know if, it, if it's creating buzz, right? If people are getting to that content and my number is growing. Like, to me, I think that's cool. Well, if you're doing Snapchat like how we're doing it and it expires in 24 hours, I mean, this is what we do. So we have people that want to watch us every time we post a snap. So people are like looking forward to our snaps. We have like full fans stuff like, like oh, we love our, your stories. So like they're looking forward to when, it, when I post something, then it goes away in 24 hours and then I'll save it. And then once in a while I'll tell my Snapchatters and be like, hey guys, if you guys really love my Snapchat stories and, and want to see some of my old ones, here's a link to check them out. I'll go to YouTube or the, there's this other app that this other Snapchatter created where you can put your stories on that where it's really easy to find it and uh and so the, the last thing for me quickly um because then people get worried about oh there, this is another platform that i have to worry about it's another platform that i got to create content for right people feel as if on snapchat you got to create content every single day that's not the case your frequency is dictated by the the content the quality of content you create and don't take quality in a way as great lighting um, and great scripting, because it's all raw in the moment, but it's that quality that really counts for your frequency. Yeah, because if you guys follow me on Snapchat, it's like, oh, Danny hasn't posted in like four days, because quality is over quantity. Sometimes it's like so hard to think of content all the time, and so sometimes I'm just haven't done a snap in four days because I'm that picky on what I post. Got Paris? Yeah, you can, you can continue. 
All right, okay. We're going to um, address a little bit about the Chat 2.0 function that recently came out. For those of you guys who are not familiar with Chat 2.0, it was basically an extension of the messaging capabilities they had already. So you already had an ability to one-on-one -on -one FaceTime with someone and have a live video chat, but they extended that. And they said, we have audio messages. We have stickers. Now you can do the video call as a call. So you can actually call them. You go into the app, and you have to answer that phone call. And so they're expanding this. And so my question to you guys really is, is that out of all the features that Snapchat could have built, right, out of all the new content features they could have built for you guys, um, they could have maybe dis created discoverability within the app, why do you think it was Chat 2.0 that they chose to focus on? And I'm going to set the stage because I have a really strong opinion on this, is that I think that they're focused on messaging because they're trying to get the masses, right? If you are not a content creator, if you are not passionate about quality content, how are you going to be using Snapchat? If all of your friends are on there, you're probably going to want to engage with them. I was sitting outside of the Marriott yesterday waiting for my Uber, and I asked a few of the uh, valet guys, I said, are you guys on Snapchat? They said, yes. And I said, okay, how are you guys using it? This guy was, I think, 19 or 18 years old. And he said, oh, I mean, I just like talk to my friends on there. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, we just use the messaging feature. I don't have anything to Snapchat. So they're not texting. They're using these messaging tools. And I think that's why Snapchat has utilized that feature and grown it because they're saying, if you're not a content creator, how else can we provide value to you? Because at its core, Snapchat is a communication tool, whether it's through video, photo, or just through text one-on-one. -on -one. Cool. So I look at it this way. How many people here is on, has been on Facebook uh, two years or more? All right, so it looks like everyone, right? Uh, so Facebook right now is creating their tools that speaks to this audience, right? So we have this whole new generation that is not even on Facebook. Snapchat is positioning them themselves in a way that they can provide all the tools to this new generation um, because they're growing up in the app today. You don't go to a party and say, what's your number? Today you say, D can I see your snap code? I want to take your snap code. So they're, they're actually building, my opinion, they're building. No, this is true. I've talked to my, my sister who's you know 19 that goes to UBC in Vancouver. I've talked to a lot of younger, I mean, I'm not very old and I have a lot of friends that skew younger and cut, that's cut their that main. Cut that out. Not, not being, I'm sorry. I just had to interrupt because you're a young thing. So cut that out. <laughs> yeah, so, so they're, I believe they're building this app for this generation because they are, if you think about it, they are our future buyers, right? They may not be our current buyers in whatever industry you're in, but they are our future buyers and they're setting the stage for the, this audience to really um, advertise to them when it matters, right? So that's my opinion there. I thought they were just trying to take out uh, WhatsApp, like trying to compete with it. You know, that's that too. Because then, like, when I go on a trip where you don't have cell service, then I could just go get internet and go on Snapchat and call my mom and tell her I'm okay in Bali or whatever, instead of going on WhatsApp. Harrison? So, um, you asked why do I think that they're focusing on chat 2.0. Personally, I think because Evan wants world domination, and the way to do that is by owning the number one communication platform. Um, but also, they're trying to compete with WhatsApp, and as Danny said, like, you can be anywhere in the world and not have service, and you can communicate through Wi-Fi and do it very efficiently. Um, but also, I think that, also, so I have a couple of family friends from Toronto that are very, very young, and when I was doing my research for my Snappy Mentor, I asked them, like, how do you guys use Snapchat, or how do you, do you guys, like, text? And they said, we don't text in school, we only, like, talk through Snapchat, or something like a snap of our face, a selfie, or we'll use the chat feature. I said, when do you guys use text? And they said only when they're making hard plans or when they're communicating with family. So like they use text the way that we use email, which is crazy. And I think that all ties back into the fact that Snapchat's created an atmosphere where people feel comfortable being themselves. And they know that like the platform isn't predicated on, on content storage. It's more just content like um, dissemination and ephemerality. Yeah, and I think in addition to that, not only to be yourself, but be a silly version of yourself. Who has used one of the face recognition filters? Like, you became a dog, you became a cat, you became a throwing up tomato, like weird things, right? Like, these are exciting. These are things of the future. This is where all of the video content is gonna be going. How do we become more engaged? Right now, our next topic that we're actually gonna address is custom geo filters, which is actually a very, very powerful tool that businesses or individuals can use to actually reach a certain audience in a certain area. And you guys all know, or 
maybe you don't. I mean, Jiffy was just um, acquired by Snapchat for $100 million, right? They didn't spend $100 million to have stickers. They're probably going to be doing some sort, I think, some sort of interactive emojis on the screen, right? Like, I'm Bob Marley right now. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely amazing, oh, that's right? Cool. And we see these, I mean, if you guys are swiping through, every day the lenses are changing. And so they're giving people a reason to check back. And just like, I don't remember which panelist said, but you're thinking about, you know, if you love a certain content creator, you're going on Snapchat and seeing if they're posting content. On any other social network, you're gonna think, oh, I can just go check that later. Later means never, right? Because we're constantly in inundated with information. Cool, so I, I, I look at it this way too. So. Um Again, we go back to this whole another platform. I gotta figure out how to manage it. You can be on Snapchat without being on Snapchat. And the way to do that is by one, one of the ways is geo filters. Right now you could use geo filters to promote um, a movie, um, your recent show, uh, uh, a radio broadcast of some sort, and you can geo target them in specific areas. So like right now, if, in certain parts of this building, you'll notice that there are uh, specific geo filters um, saying specific messaging, right? So I think uh, the power of the geo filter that talks to an audience, even if you don't want to be on the platform, um, can really get your message out. Yeah. I don't know if somebody said this, but like it's kind of like the new hashtag, and it's a new way to provide like more context. Like I can take a selfie and like five selfies, I can send them all to you, and they can all have different geo filters, and you'll know way more about my situation or my context. Um, and like my sister's wedding is in November, and I'm creating this custom geo um, filter that we're going to use, and people at the wedding are going to use and share. And so um, that extra layer of context, like when they when they allowed you to change your profile picture to have like an opaque um, um, French flag. Yeah, one thing I want to add to the custom geo filters is that for those of you who are not familiar with them, so previously they were only available to people who are working directly with Snapchat and they had account managers. And so now what they've done is that they've created access. So before they tried to monetize the lenses and they said, okay, we don't want people to pay 99 cents. That's not scalable for us, right? So they're saying, okay, let's think about custom geo filters and how we can utilize those. And so anyone, anywhere, that is your custom geo filter here, um, can actually take a design. They have templates available for you. You go on their web portal. You're actually submitting a template, and within 24 hours, they're telling you they're approving it or they're not approving it. And what uh, Sean said is that you can actually geofence it. So that's another issue that people have with Snapchat is how do I localize it? If I'm a local pastry store or if I'm a mechanic store, right, how do people know I'm on Snapchat in my area because there's no discoverability? Well, having a filter and people scrolling through that in that area, the people that are using Snapchat, is actually a really great way to drive awareness. And actually, the custom geo filters are the only feature that have web analytics. So it'll show you at the end how many impressions that filter got, as well as how many people use that filter. And so right now, I think they're completely undervalued. I mean, I know Sean has used them. He can speak to this before we go into Q&A. Um, they start at $5. So depending on demand, how long you want it to run, and where you want that geo filter to be. And so Definitely take advantage of that, whether it's your grandmother's birthday, your daughter's birthday, you're at a conference and you're speaking like Sean. He's created them. There's templates you can use. Um, you can reach out to artists like Sean to create them for you. And so they're definitely a tool, even if you're not completely in, just to try it out because the cost right now is so low and it's only going to increase as they see the usability go up and the value that the consumers are seeing. One of our agency partners, um they created a custom geo filter for one of the um, Warrior Thunder games, and it was for their um, their meat client. And um, that game was like one of the best games. It was like triple overtime, and they paid I think like ten dollars or like fifty dollars, and it got forty one thousand impressions. And they didn't know going into it it's gonna be this huge event, but the more action in that area, the more people were using it and snapping it. And so like you can hit jackpot with, with this. Guy. Yeah, I had one seven dollars got me over a hundred thousand views and over 400 used it. That's a win for me for seven bucks. Right. Okay, we're gonna go into Q&A. I hope I kind of gave you guys a few talking points or some things to th talk, think, think about to ask questions. Um, we're gonna do about 10 minutes of Q&A. So if anyone has a question, just raise your hand. I think they're gonna uh, bring a mic around and we're gonna have those answers for you. Questions? Over there? Questions okay. over here. Running. Hey, can, hey, can we do one more thing? So, because I was on the phone with Harris, the sound didn't work for my video, 
So can we do that one more time? It will Go be right quick. now. Thank you. Harris, i got to hang up on you one, really, one second. Does that happen a lot where something doesn't no, work? I just, I've never, like, snapped with someone on the phone, so I just didn't no. know. <laughs> so the panel just started. We got Saba. We got Sean. Harris is on Skype right now. Are you kidding? Look who I'm with. Woo! You. Love it. Thank you. First of all, I want to say I'm over 35 and I'm on Snapchat. But as far as discoverability, what are your opinion of ghost codes? Ghost, ghost codes? I love ghost codes. What was the question? Uh, what is our opinion on ghost codes? I think ghost codes right now, yep, ghost codes uh, is an app. So ghost codes is an app on the iOS only at this moment that allows any individual to upload their own snap code to um, the, their database, I, I guess it's a database. Um, so that way uh, you can get discovered. It's, it's what Snapchat is missing today, discoverability. And the cool thing with uh, ghost codes that it also allows you to break it down in category. So if you're in marketing, if you're an artist, if you're a storyteller, um, if you're a brand, you can upload your snap code to um, this discovery app and um, people can discover you. I like ghost codes, I'm on there. I've you know, gotten a lot of people to find me. I think that one of the things that they're gonna uh, realize is that once they uh, have gone through all the influencers, how are they gonna get everyone else on ghost codes, right? Because then you need awareness about ghost codes to then drive awareness to your Snapchat. So I think, for me, I think it's really, really great. It's provided me with a lot of value, but in terms of scaling, I hope they're gonna be able to do it in a way that's not gonna be difficult because they don't have an established brand, right? It's not like Google created ghost codes, right? It's just, you know, an app on its own, and so you have to tell people to download ghost codes to find you on there, to download it, and that's a lot of steps. And if you haven't reached them already on your other networks, why are they gonna find you on Ghost Codes? Um, that what they're doing is that they're kind of blurring the line between an influencer and like just a person. And I hate the term influencer because like I don't call myself an influencer. I'm just I'm a kid that grew up in Florida and I created good content and people found me. It doesn't make me I mean, I am influential, but it's I'm not, but it's I'm a person, you know. So I think that there's so many people that are gonna get some recognition because of um, snap codes, and I think that's awesome because you don't have to be this, like, sort of, you don't have to fit this mold in order to be somebody of, um, who has cloud. I like ghost check, codes check, a lot. Check. I'm really good friends check. with the guy that created it, and it was, I didn't even know that I was killing it on the app. He texts me and goes, dude, you're, like, super high up in the app. And I started getting these ads, and I'm getting a lot of ads from Ghost Codes, so it's really cool. And people are just saying, oh, I found you on Ghost Codes, it's check, really check, cool. Check, so, check. And they have categories that's, like, comedians, celebrities, storytellers, artists, and then you can just like click on it and then like look and you can just find whatever and then and then add their snap code and just add the person. So I really like the app a lot. Who's next? Let's take some more questions. No one has questions? There we go. Um, so we were talking about using the product, the Okay. Um, we were talking about having a, the production company and producing things. How often are you do, are you only using smartphones, and how often are you trying to use anything else? Are there any other tools that you can can use? Like when we're looking under under Discover, are you doing creating content that goes under there? Because some of that stuff looks like it's done with tools besides smartphones. Yeah, so the discovery what channels. Harris, the question is about production, and um, are you using your smartphone or are you using, for example, cameras? And I think she's um, asking about uh, identifying the difference between kind of the discovery channels that they're working with Snapchat, like Cosmopolitan and the larger brands, and then, for example, like a Zillow or an MTV that's creating content on their smartphone and they have a handle. Yeah, so, I, go ahead, Harris. Um, yeah, so, I think it's interesting just because um, like you have to fit this um, different like vertical orientation on Discover and a lot of this most of Discover content is created with like a DSLR camera and like a production crew. Um, I've spoken with Refinery29 and some other brands that are looking to um, work with my company and to do um, Discover content. That is way different than the organic um, story content. Everything that we do with stories is on the, on the, on the iPhone. I have like um, Jovi's like Sean that allow me to get the steady shots that I need. There's so much equipment, so many resources, and um, it's two, two totally different arenas. Yeah, so right now Snapchat too, uh, for ads in the discovery section, they've actually told brands that they, they don't like uh, when they do it kind of raw on a, on a regular device that you have to use. You gotta make it look like an ad. At least that's from what I heard um, so far. Uh, but from a story perspective, you definitely wanna, it's just, 
a phone, maybe some lighting if you wanted to, um, and a wireless mic. I meant wireless Bluetooth remote. Yeah, from my perspective, I think that the Discover channels are an interesting way that Snapchat decided to go because I don't know any of my friends that I've asked that actually you look at the Discover channel, right? Because it's not natively created within Snapchat. So people cannot resonate with that content, right? We can't look at that and say, oh, we can create that, right? But if we're looking at a brand, for example, I follow Sephora, I follow Tarte, I follow MTV, Airbnb. I'm looking at their content on their handles and I'm saying, wow, I could do that. Right. Whereas there's kind of that disconnect on the discovery channels. And I think for me, it's um, it's not as attractive because they're not using the platform the way that it was intended to be used. Cool. I have, a, I have a question. I was just wondering, um, you guys are having so much success in this format. Are any of you looking at longer form, more traditional broadcast models to be, you know, talent on creating for yeah. long form? Harris, her question was about uh, longer form content. Um, for, for me personally, um, I'm actually podcasting, so I'm using that as a medium of an extension of my thoughts. So I do a lot of creative content and I utilize a lot of emojis and drawings. And so I'm telling the story through that lens. And so no one is hearing me talk about what I know about Snapchat because I don't want my audience to see that. Um, so I utilize podcasting as a medium for me to have a conversation that's more on the business end of things. Yeah, I, I use my stories to tell stories. Say it again. What was the question? The question was about now that we're using Snapchat and seeing success, are we thinking about longer form content and those broadcast um, channels? So yeah, so I, in the meantime, I, I actually use my stories to just tell stories, right? On my Snapchat account, it's only stories. I don't talk about that I can consult. I don't talk about that I can create content for other people. I use a blog for all that, for that stuff. So that way, if you're interested in me, you're going to seek me out um, far more than just what I can provide on my what, account. What's your blog? Uh, SeanAyala.com. S-H-A-U-N-A-Y-A-L-A.com. Harris? Uh, wait, so you're saying, are we still, like, thinking about other platforms? Is that the question? Uh, the question is really about, now that you have success on Snapchat, creating content more in the micro content world, where are you doing longer form content, or are you thinking about doing longer yeah. form content? Like, the reason why um, I, like, went all in and I saw the opportunity here, like, when, when I talk to brands about where Snapchat is, like, Snapchat right now is where YouTube was, and, like, 2006 there's nobody that's clearly winning there's it's still in, in its infancy stage and there's so many opportunities to like get like dj Khaled. nobody could have ever guessed that and why can't that happen to a brand or another person so for me with what snapchat has opened up so many different doors i'm working on a documentary right now um on this artist that worked that went to penn and worked on finance and then sold her art for like thousands and thousands of dollars and um, working, doing stop motion on Vine, and just thinking of every platform possible. I don't want to limit myself, and I want to just see how far I can go creatively. Can you just quickly tell uh, the audience here where they can find your Snapumentary? It is absolutely amazing. That's how I actually found uh, Harris, and that's how we connected. He was actually a guest on my podcast. Um, tell them where they can find that, because I think that gives a lot of context and gives a lot of information about sort of how regular people are just talking about Snapchat, not in such a strategic way, but, you know, they're just like, Oh, it just makes sense. I just open it up in the morning. I wake up and I open it. Like, like, why are you asking me why? You know. Um, so let them know where they can find that. I can't hear you, but I think you just said that. Where can they find it? Unless it's in the picture. Yeah, there we go. So if you go on. It's on Vimeo. Let's see that. Just type in Snapumentary. It'll come up. Awesome. Do we have any cool. more questions? Go ahead. Um, you guys were talking about a lot about because Snapchat's one-on-one. -on -one, it's personal. It's a lot more of that. For a brand, do you think it's important to have a character that represents the brand, or do you just? I mean, you know what I mean. I I totally a hundred percent like brands today. The the brands who are just putting images on there and putting some emojis. There's nothing wrong with that. I really believe you need to have a host, have someone behind the camera, show personality, show who you are, like. 
Um, people relate with people, right? So I think it's extremely important. Taco Bell is a brand. I, I, I usually don't suggest brands to follow because I really think the influencers are doing it extremely well right now, right? And the brands are learning from the influencers. But one brand that I think is really doing well is uh, Taco Bell because they have this, this good looking girl and this handsome guy and they do some crazy things together. They go into Taco Bell and they have these extreme uh, um, hot sauce contests, et cetera. But I think that is extremely important. Super, super important because uh, brands have Snapchat accounts and they don't know how to use them. You look at a brand Snapchat account and I'm tapping the whole, like I want to delete it, but like I'm hoping I get an email from them saying we want you to do snaps for them because the reason why we do what we do is because we provide really good content and so we take over a brand Snapchat account and they want us, like, yeah, for the views too, but I feel like content's more than the views. And so we can provide really good content on some, someone's account and people will watch that account and be like, wow, this is so good. I kind of want Danny Burke back on and maybe they'll message the account and then get good feedback from it and then they'll want us again. Yeah, a brand literally hired me uh, a few weeks ago just because they wanted me to host their account. Host, the, host their account and create the type of content I create, right? They wanted my personality on that account. Oh, sorry to cut you off. Uh, Talk about is doing really good, by the way. And my buddy's taking over Coca-Cola, and Harris is taking over Coca-Cola, and Coca-Cola is only good when Harris is on it and my buddy. My buddy's always on it, though. But yeah, Coca-Cola's doing the right way and getting influencers involved. One of my favorite accounts on Snapchat is actually SoulCycle. Uh, they have no paid social content. I recently uh, was at a, I was at South by Southwest listening to their head of social talk about you know what their strategy is overall, and they are really good about utilizing the current tribe that they have. SoulCycle, are you familiar with their brand? Yeah, so they have a tribe, right? Like they have people that are like goo goo gaga over like paying forty or thirty five dollars to like ride a bicycle for like an hour, right? It's ridiculous when they came out. But now they have all these people that are obsessed with their brand and they utilize their employees and they utilize people that are coming in and they're maybe doing like a special session, right? And so they're not saying, oh my God, it's so daunting to create content. They're utilizing the people that they already have, right? And then every once in a while, they'll get an influencer, maybe like a DJ that's gonna be DJing at a soul cycle and they'll do that. So they're so good at humanizing their brand and telling that story in a way that really resonates with people. And when they're like, wow, I want to be a, par a part of SoulCycle. And that's really, really what matters. And Sephora does the same thing, and so does Tarte Cosmetics. One, th One thing, though, like, that, that like, some brands <laughs> feel the need to do is like, it's not always like behind the scenes, like taking over. Like Sometimes Apple Music does an incredible job of they'll like, play parts of an interview, and then they'll um, draw little images over it, like a picture of DJ Cowder. Yeah. Apple Music is amazing, yeah. Um, so like just understanding your DNA, Pop Sugar does an incredible job, Zillow, watch what we're doing, um, doing some really cool stuff. It's not always about pushing products, it's about sharing cool content. So it's not always about a selfie and walking in the street like, hey guys, like Harris here doing this, this and this, but something that's of more value. Do you, do you all think it's beneficial to maybe use multiple characters? I work in a musical theater and we have, we have actors coming through on a weekly basis to turn over our shows. So it's, it probably would be a, a little bit difficult to have like one person throughout the entire season. So, so my opinion is, is that it's okay to have multiple voices, okay. right? So your, your brand has a voice, right? But there's a lot of people that can funnel into that voice. And so it's just a matter of being consistent with that, right? And so, for example, if you look at like a, a, a regular broadcasting network like VH1, they have a certain type of artist that they're featuring, right? It's not the same artist constantly. And so that's like a, a record label that's representing some artists. And so you have to think about your brand and who do you want to represent your brand? And you want to tell stories in different perspectives. That's what I love. I love seeing the, the multiple perspectives and seeing, okay, how is this person going to utilize Snapchat? Because there's no right way to use Snapchat. You can educate. I know a college professor who utilizes it to teach chemistry and physics, right? Because that's where his target audience is. There's people that just do vlogging. There's people that create um, like artists and they do drawings. There's, you know, uh, stop motion. Justin Khan. Twitch and Justin TV. He every single day he gives startup advice and he's just growing a huge audience just because he's actually providing value. Exactly. So it's it doesn't matter if it's one or many. It just has to be consistent and you have to stay with it and you need to have an engaging, just like you said, an engaging, entertaining fun story from multiple perspectives that feed into that one brand voice. Yeah, for like a brand deal I got coming up, 
I'm bringing in a Snapchat artist because with my energy and her art, it like it's it's like it's perfect. You'll see if you guys follow me on Snap, I do it all a lot and bring her in, and it's amazing. Like um, I was at the Angels game and I said I really want to support the Angels, but I don't have an Angels jersey. She pops up. She goes, Celia Snap here. I could definitely help you out with that. And I stand here. I'm like standing up, and she goes, All right, ready? Bam! And the next one, she like she writes poof, and it's me with like an Angels jersey that she drew, and it's just so cool. So yes. So yes. Okay, we have one more question. Hi. Uh, Hi. We talked a lot about how being able to snap things in the moment, being authentic, is part of the appeal of Snapchat. I'm sure we've all had moments, though, where something in the moment at the time seemed like a good idea, and then later maybe didn't turn out to be a good idea. I think Snapchat's kind of maybe seeing that today with the reaction to the Bob Marley filter. So in your guys' opinions, what can inexperienced Snapchat users know about towing that line between what seems like a good idea, being authentic, but also being yeah. know, responsible as well? Well, I think you should know that there is a delete function. So definitely don't be afraid to use that. Don't say, oh, because I already got 10 views on it, I can't delete it, right? Because there's still gonna be the next 24 hours. I would say you have to experiment. You have to you know, jump in with two feet. You have to see what works for you and really think about who you wanna be on Snapchat. I, uh, I was at Social Media Marketing World the past few days before I came here, Sean and I were there and Gary Vee was talking and um, he was saying, you know, we are a PR version of ourselves, right? Like that is what we're using social for. You are very, very um, intentionally putting out content in a way that you want people to see you, right? When I am snapping my day, I'm showing them what I want them to see and how I want them to see that. So you have to think about that. And you have to say, what is your brand voice? Something that I see on someone's Snapchat that I'm like, I would never put that on my story, right? Like waking up and snapping, that's not something I do. They absolutely love it and their audience loves it. So you have to figure out what your audience wants and what kind of audience you want to attract. Yep, and you gauge that by your views, right? Like if you see 100 views on the first one and it drops considerably like the 10, get rid of it, do something different. Love it. But at the same time, at the same time, like, um, I don't think that if, if you consider too much of like what your audience wants and what they're expecting, and you and you get like get to your head, then like you may like compromise your creative integrity. And, and like, there's just been so many times when um, like I've seen people just do stuff that they would never do like on their own channel for a brand. It's, it's not authentic. When you, when you try too hard, people can see that they can sniff it out from a mile. So stay true to yourself and understand your core DNA. Yes. Well, I want to thank everyone for joining us for this Snapchat panel. It's been really great. We're going we're gonna to wrap up, and I'm going to tell you guys where you guys can find everyone. Let's start with Harris. Uh, give them one final thought about uh, Snapchat, just one thing for them to think about, and let them know where they can find you and how they can connect with you. I go last. Sure. One last thought about Snapchat? Well, just anything you want. Um, just do it. Go ahead. No, no, I was going to tell him. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, so, uh, one final thought. You don't have to be on Snapchat to be on Snapchat. Don't feel like you have to get on there. Um, there are several ways you can take advantage of that again. Um, and again, my name is Sean Ayala. Um, that's S-H-A-U-N-A-Y-A-L-A. -A -A. You can find me at SeanAyala.com, Snapchat Sean Ayala. I'd love to take over, or not even take over, but consult and strategize a Snapchat um, story or uh, plan with you. Danny Burke, Danny Burke on Snapchat, D-A-N-N-Y-B-E-R-K. And uh, my advice for Snapchat is don't care what people think and just do you and good things will come from it. That's what I did, and uh, I want to be here. That's <laughs> hey, DJ Collins on Danny Break. Right. Harris? Is that backwards? Nope. No. Perfect. Take a picture of that. Take a Snapchat of that. That's a snapping memory in my Snapchat. Awesome. Any final thoughts for the audience? Yeah, don't try too hard. It's not that serious of a platform. Just have fun with it. It's not fun and don't do it. Damn. That's a person. Like, for a brand, just. Yeah, have fun. Yeah, my, my final thoughts are don't be afraid to use the features. I overlay like 
five emojis on top of each other and it looks amazing. So don't be afraid. But it took me like a year to figure out how to do that. So experiment and use the platform the way it was intended. Don't just talk to your phone. Don't just take a random picture. You can do that, but try to really use the features that Snapchat has built for you because they are absolutely amazing and the sky is the limit. And I think all the panelists here um, are living proof of that, that you can use Snapchat in a multitude of ways. Um, if you guys want to connect with me, my name is Saba uh, Sadiri. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Snapchat. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook. And if you guys, anyone wants to talk to me, I teach Snapchat for business. I do courses. I do one-on-one -on -one consulting. I also am a content creator. So um, if you have any more questions, please feel free to come up to me and uh, speak to me personally. Yeah, any of us, we're all happy to talk to any of you guys about anything. So yeah, let us know. Let's have a big hand for our panelists, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much, Advertising Theater, voiceamerica.com slash live events. And also drop your business card in that jar, and I'll send you a list of all the podcasts. Everything is going on demand after this week. And in just a few moments, we're going to be talking to Jesse Hertzberg from Livestream, the CEO who just launched one of the hottest cameras at NAB 2016, the Mevo, which is going sh um, shooting video straight to Facebook. So stick around, and you'll hear us interview Jesse. And we've got more content here at the Advanced Advertising Theater. Let's have a hand. The world leader in Internet talk radio. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com.